0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Good evening, and welcome to the Holy Spirit Blog Talk Radio show. I'm your host, Mr. G.L. Hart, and I thank you all for tuning in. Uh, we have a wonderful um, show for you <clears throat> this evening, and a show um, I thought I'd bring to you because I was talking to some sisters um, on yesterday, um, uh, dealing with... Um, the plight of, of, of black people, but, but not just uh, black people, but uh, these black women are are professionals. They they work in in, in the um, in the medical field, and um, we, we we just happened uh, to talk about um, the, the different scenarios that that, that were going on uh, with with their employment and how um, uh, how uh, uh, they had issues uh, dealing with unemployment and um i'm i'm sorry in the medical field and how they were having issues uh dealing with um uh, different types of um scenarios where uh, they were asked to do do different things uh, that um that um they weren't qualified to do or were licensed to do and um you know they 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 would fill some type of weight. and um so they were going back and forth uh, along with myself. You know, we, we, we're just sitting there talking about how you know, you, you know, it, you know, at the job. Um, it seems like like any any job. I mean, listen, I have worked for you know American Express. Uh, I work for you know major corporations around the world. Not 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 just in the uh, in the uh, hospitality hotel industry. But also, also you know, other jobs as well that I, I've, I've held in sales as well, and you run across the same scenario when it comes to uh, us as a people and how we um, deal with the the, the workforce and uh, the ins and outs of that. But 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 nevertheless you know, how we always end up quitting jobs and and moving on. I'm talking about professionals. I'm I'm not not talking about blue collar. I'm talking about, you know, professional jobs, law firms, and so on and so forth, you know, because as Dr. Amos Wilson uh, always said, you know, um, we are not educated to become owners. We're simply educated to become in the workforce. I'm talking about black folk you know the, the educational system i'm talking about from from public schools to harvard university it is it is there to to educate us and to train us to go out there in the work workforce and work for the interests of the people plain and simple so many of us so many black folks have really um talent that and um have been able to um make some money create their own create their create their own wealth and be and be extremely successful i mean really you know really successful owning owning uh uh hair salons they they got spas uh, restaurants uh, um um beauty stores um clothing line you, you know um it, 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 i mean it, it goes on and on on the um on 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 how the money is um is really uh seemingly like we 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 we're, we're gaining ground and, and we're having a huge success as far as uh, people are owning more things. You, you see people are, um, Tyler Perry's doing success, successful. <clears throat> Oprah doing her thing. Um, Bob Johnson, B.E.T., even though that, that, was a, that was a bonehead move to sell it, um, it seems like he's doing a, a noble thing. Uh, he owns hotels and a, and a lot of properties and, and so on and so forth. So it, it, it looks on, on one hand, as if as if we're having some type of success. You know, uh, look, look, looks like we're we, we're doing some some things um, for the upside. But yet at the same time, and I know I'm I'm kind of staggering in this thing because I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to me about it tonight. Um, because I I titled this show Black folks are gaining wealth, uh, yet they're still spiritually spiritually broke. Even even the stock market. I mean, you 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 see social media. Uh, black folks are all over social media uh, talking about how they're making money and doing this and that and uh, getting people credit on credit. Straight. We, 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 again, these are wonderful things. These are wonderful things. But our dear Dr. Brother, uh, Dr. Amos uh, Wilson uh, reminds us that it's not just about black wealth. And it's not just about black education. If you're not spiritually connected and and unified as a people, then it's all for naught. Because what you'll have is a bunch, bunch of a, a, a handful. I'm sorry, not a bunch, a handful of wealthy people isolated, doing their own thing. You see them on vacation with their families and their friends, and they balling, stunting at the spa with the girls, having tea times, and 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 and, and this is again, you know, no hateration. This is this is wonderful. We have not moved one iota, as Dr. Claude loves to say. You know, we 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 have the same amount of wealth we had back in the 1919, 1920s, as we do in twenty nineteen. That's frightening. Even, yes, even with the Tyler Perrys, the Oprahs, and Jay-Zs, and Beyonce, we are the same. We own one half or 1% one percent of all the wealth in the world. In, in, but in your eyes, you really think we're we winning because we never truly own anything, and we never produce nothing. So that's what I want to talk about tonight: the lack of producing and prosperity. People love using that word prosperity. It, pro- pro- prosperity, even biblically, it is an unlimited thing. It, it's not a limited thing. Prosperity flows, man, <laughs> from glory to glory. Then they stay in your family's hand. It flows. It flows. It, I mean, it, it, it's just anything connected to you just for your friends prosper. Your neighbors prosper. Huh? Folks you talk to prosper. It just flows. And as a people, we're not prosperous. We protect us. We protect our own stuff. <laughs> our own family. Hey, Amen. how would you start your business? Hey, man, you know, hard work. Oh, no. get his brother a blueprint. Help this brother out if he wants to start a business. Don't worry it's similar to yours. Carl G. Woodson wrote the book about the miseducation of the Negro. And he said something that was really profound, um dealing with white dealing with um how the white man operates. And um he talked about um if a white man saw another white man that was down on his luck, that what he would do, is this, this, this wealthy white man, what he would do, he would help that poor white man who was down on his luck. No money, no finances, no car, no house. He would go out of his way to help that white man become financially stable, but being the an owner and a producer. And I hate having to use white folks and people outside of our uh, our race as an example, but shame on us that folks are doing what what we were we were doing in the beginning. That's what we did as a people. We even had this thing in Africa where, I mean, they, they, they do it now in the States. Some people call it a parent scheme, but however, in Africa, the women would, would come together primarily, and, 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 and um, they would sell their crops and things of that nature. But what they would do is uh, these women would, would, would pool their money and help this help this mother out uh, this month, and they would they would give what they can. Not always, not all the time it was money, and you know, some sometimes it, it, it was it was uh, other things besides money, but, but but nevertheless, they would pool their money together and um, go go around from for each mother sharing this money so every month somebody had a chance to to really put their family on top and 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 to float and we don't even do that anymore shout out to zaza ali because she has a she has a woman's um she has three 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 separate women women's group that they do that that type of thing where they they put in twenty five dollars each month and every month um, she has about forty women I think in, in one group and about a hundred and something in the group but they they put a certain amount of money in depending on what you can afford and and you go around some you know some be twenty five some be fifty some some be a hundred a month whatever you can afford and every month and every month somebody has that pot and they're able to do things and also in, in China I and not not just China. um, um, I found out from some business folks in the corporate world because you, you got to ask yourself when, when a lot of people from India, China, and, and so on and so forth, when they come here, they never uh, uh, go to the banks. You know, they never get bank loans because they do the same thing, <laughs> and, and, and 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 that's amazing. And what they and what they'll do is say, say they say, you know, hey, you know, it's, it's fifty thousand dollars to start a convenience store. In the a uh, thirty thousand dollars. Some of them are cheaper than that. Say twenty five thousand dollars. They will give that dude, and they and they're not related, but they're the same people. This is the thing about the culture. When people like represent the culture. That's not representing the culture by wearing wearing some shoes and some shirt and tie. Representing representing your culture is putting putting your people in position to be able to be owners and producers for the interest of their people. Everybody practiced that law except, except us, except black folk. For so these folks from, from, from Asia and whatnot, they come over here and they give this family $25,000 to start up this safe cleaning store, a, a, a beauty salon, a nail salon, or what have you. And they give that person an ample amount of time to pay that money back with a very little interest. And now that person is a producer, and we, as black folk, we become the damn consumer. And because the world does not take us seriously, no one buys from our, our black asses. Sure, we we sell soap and toothpaste and all those things, and, and, and again, these things are so much needed. But outside of, of, of us ourselves, white folks don't buy from us. Asian folks down show sure don't buy from us. Indian folk don't buy from us, but we buy from everybody. So it's not enough to keep bragging about all this money you're making. Oh, I'm making money in God, I'm blessed and favored. God said, subdue so the earth, have dominion. You're not owning anything, and you're not producing anything that the world wants from you. And what they do want, they take. Gold, diamond, minerals, cocaine, they just take it because you won't protect your black women, you won't protect your black children you won't you won't even protect yourselves, so to everybody outside of our race, we look like clowns. a man can beat a black woman up. And you have three guys Filming this shit Nobody jumped in To beat the little And most of the time it be little Little old Asian little man It's beating the brakes off These women Little Asian women Nobody still seeing, Even break the fight up We're not even Protectors of our own women <laughs> So how in the hell you, you think somebody Gonna take us seriously Like, like, like we are a serious force they know we are a dangerous force because when we when we are together collectively, we do produce and own and control. But we're too worried about uh, uh, Ariel Grande. Uh, she getting she she's getting more money than Beyonce at Coachella. Who gives a damn? Beyonce's making sixty million dollars Netflix. Who gives a damn? Is she giving you some money? So why are you worrying about Beyonce? I'm going to play this quick answer from Dr. Amos Wilson, man. I'm going to come back and talk about this hospital thing and what I was telling these sisters about that. But I, I just wanted to come on. I, if it sounds like rambling, you know, pardon me for that, but 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 this is all my spirit, man. I had to come on here and say some things about this, man, about not being producers of the world. And all all his brothers, brothers want to want to buy a strip club and that, that, you know, there's a strip club, nightclub, juice bar, you know, all this kind of, you know, you know, cute shit, you know, to put their name on it, but ain't ain't nobody trying to, uh, uh, you know, create a a, a fucking, you know, a thousand acres of uh, of farming or what, what have you. Nobody. Shaquille O'Neal, nobody. They, they they buy they buy school supplies and laptops and all that. You know, these, these are all band-aids, by the way, what I'm talking about. School supplies, and band-aids, but but nobody's saying that's about a thousand acres. And and what we're gonna do? We're gonna take these children out here every year from various schools and, and on this farm and and let them stay on the farm for summer school and live off the farm. Not one Negro. Ever has put something like that together. Once you go to a football camp, bas- basketball, all this foolishness. I'm going to play this thing by Dr. Amos Wilson, man. Did you let y'all hear a little bit of what he's talking about. Highly educated service. This is Dr. Amos Wilson.
0: African today. On the bottom, as Garvey noted so many years ago, everywhere he went, the African man, the black man is on the bottom of the economic, social, and political ladder. Those circumstances have not changed. In many instances, they are getting worse. We will find, if you go to Buns and Nobles and some of the others, numbers of books asking, can the Africans survive? Our very survival into the next century is in question. I often note that our children looked at the series Star Wars And I noticed that in the beginning of that series, there were no black people in the movie at all. And I noticed that whenever, then, the European looks into the future, there is not a black man there. They had animals, robots, and everything else operating rocket ships and so forth, but not a black man was there. Which means, then, ladies and gentlemen, those who think that they're in control of creating the future do not see the African man there at all. This means, then, ultimately, if we look at the task that our children must perform, that the basic task of the European child is conservative. To conserve and maintain the advantages that the Europeans already had and to enhance those advantages. So that means their rearing in their homes, in their communities. That means their education, then, is basically conservative because since they already have the advantage, they seek then to maintain that advantage. When we then look at the African child, we see a very different future. And I've often said then that future is revolutionary. Given the condition that our people are in today, our education cannot be then conservative. If we are to save our people from starvation, if we are to remove our people from the bottom of economic, political, and social ladders, then we must overturn the current orders of the world.
1: That's my brother, Dr. Amos Wilson, man, and he and he's talking to some some young children um, about the plight of their future and how if we keep going this way, as he said it, you know, they have a conservative education, you know, to keep them in power. <laughs> and 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 the same education it keeps you in a highly educated service and and when I say that when you look at people who who, who do have great success in ownership and businesses you gotta still understand that they got a conservative education so therefore when you look at producing things for their people that is that that has some substance about it. Not talking about no clothes and perfume and all that stuff. Talking about food, clean water, things of that nature. A a a a a holistic healing class. That's what he was talking about, revolutionary. The trick is, they got you thinking, you're supposed to have the same education, but you ain't the same people. And the world has been fooling you. People are the same. No, they're not. I'm sorry. We are, as Dr. Claude Anderson always says, an exceptional people. Time, we stop being ashamed and trying to lower our frequencies to be on everybody else's level. And like he said, why every other class of people, even Hispanics, climbing over our asses. Because we're trying to be diverse in equality. And we're not even on that vibration. And there's nothing wrong about that. There's nothing unapologetic about God making you something exceptional. That your way of thinking and your way of creating does does not comply with the world. In other words, what what, what he's saying is these folks they, they have created a world for themselves. Because they know your world they cannot live in. So that's why he talked about conservative. Because your your world is, is through the stratosphere, it's dynamic, it's creativity on a higher frequency, they can't jive with that. So even if you do it, you know, you, you have success, you still want to work with them, team up with them, hire them, instead of looking at the interests of your people and saying, aren't you, I mean, my thing is, aren't you tired of hearing them folk tell me, oh, you, you know, you, you, uh." The black unemployment rate is so high uh the, the you know the neighborhoods are ramped and and so on and so forth because you're not investing back into these communities, and you're thinking politicians are gonna do it, and then you want to brag about yeah i I have a private jet, I grew up right there on the south side of Philadelphia, and you know, my mom was a single mom and and now you have all all the success. what did damn do you just you you just became the, a black face on white supremacy because you ain't doing shit for your community. And we so and we supposed to applaud you on, on Black History Month because you cause you your, your net worth is four point nine billion dollars and and we happy now. Hell no, ridiculous, straight up and down ridiculous. I'm gonna play the for our, our dear brother Dr. Claude Anderson, and um, he he wrote several books, man, and I urge you to go to um, um, powernomics.com, or you, can, you can Google Dr. Claude Anderson, and he has several books, man. I think five books now, and he, I, he he sells the whole books as a bundle. These books are a blueprint. These are the books that that, that Boyce Watkins is, is eating off of. No, don't no, no respect to Boyce, but I just want y'all to know that. But if you but if you want it straight from the horse's mouth, I would go go go, go to the Harvest Institute. And and, and and that's the, one of Dr. Carl Anderson's groups and organizations that he runs. You go to the HarvestInstitute.com, Harvest Institute, and you can also get those books there uh, for a bundle. I think they're like, they're like five for like a $100 or what have you, or four for 75 But But uh, I urge you to go there, man, and, and get those books for your 8-year-old, 9-year-old son and daughter because it, it tells you the blueprint of how you can get out of this funk. And th- th- This is about their future. And what bothers me is I'm so sick of seeing black folks all on social media bragging about what they got, what they doing. What, you know, I'm blessed and highly favored, but yet every time I turn the freaking TV on or social media, some young boy done, done killed some girl. No respect for our, our women. And then uh, white folks are racist. Before we can fix white folks, I fix ourselves first. Dr. Wesley Muhammad said it wonderfully. He said, "Black lives matter. Will matter only when black lives matter to black folk." So amazing. We got brother Dr. Claude Anderson uh, talking about his book from his book, uh, uh, Power Dynamics. Here, yeah, Dr. Lord Anderson, play this for you, just a second. Mm-hmm.
0: But I am indeed in Chicago
1: with you, and, uh, and I thank my good friend, uh, Dorothy, for inviting me back. And I, I use a pretty, runner, pretty tight agenda in and out of the country trying to fight for black folks. And uh, sometimes my friends tell me, Dr. Anderson, we told you years ago, don't waste your time fighting for black folks. That's a waste of time and effort. Nobody cares about black issues. But I found out that even when they make me feel low, when I come into a situation like this, and I see all these beautiful black people sitting in front of me, you lift my spirits and make me feel proud. And I thoroughly enjoyed fighting for you all, Matt. And, uh, and I, I love to be able to tell you, which I'm, what I'm going to tell you, is that I think we got one of the biggest movements in the country right now. And that all of a sudden a lot of black folks saying, Dr. Anderson, I don't mind being black.
0: You know what? It ain't that bad.
1: And so uh, I'm back in Chicago, and i like to thank uh, my good friend, Dorothy, as I said a few minutes ago, and I call her the Belle of Blues Town. Okay? And why do I call her that? Because, you see, she's one of the few women in this country, and I got about four or five of them in different cities that have been trying to build black business communities. Dorothy is one of them. I got some people in Alabama and California with Dorothy, with Rosie Mills. You are six to eight times your fair share of everything is bad. And you can't find one thing positive you can do as as being a credit to the race. If you're looking in very specific terms, right now you're bearing, let's take poverty. The poverty rate in America for black folks is 38% for black adults. And if, if, if Black adults were to leave, lose a little bit of money having their house or cars or some furniture, it would jump to 67% would go to leave the poverty line. Black children, or someplace like 35%, would leave the poverty line. On unemployment, you hear about bragging about how the unemployment rate was coming down. That's a lie, it's not coming down for black folks. Six years ago, when Obama went into office, at that particular time, the national unemployment rate for black folks was not what they were saying for whites. They said I had a white unemployment rate was up to seven and eight percent. The unemployment rate for black folks was thirty-five percent nationally, and in Chicago, I mean, in, uh, in Baltimore was forty-eight percent. Detroit was forty-eight percent. Pittsburgh forty-nine percent, and in New York fifty-two percent for adult men, black men, and for youth, eighty-seven percent. But nobody cares. Nobody's making an issue out of it. But when the unemployment rate is country for whites. Back in the 1920s when the Great Depression hit 25%. They mobilized the entire country. Everything was mobilized to try to bring the unemployment rate for whites down from 25%. And your black folk unemployment rate is somewhere around getting close to 50% and nobody cares. Nobody cares. Now, what's the impact of that? It to, well, you know, as a politician and a civil rights organization out there, what we're going to do is that we're going to try to find some social programs to find jobs for black folks. It won't cut it. There's only three things that any individual could do to earn a living in our society and be able to provide for his family and himself. It's in a combination of three things, one, straight up and down vertical. At the top level, what you want is a black person, first of all, to have a business. We can't have a business to employ himself and be self-employed. You want him to be able to have a job at the first level. And if, they, and if you can't get that, and blacks have no businesses and no jobs, you must go down to the second level. The second level is what we call social services, food stamps, welfare, all kinds of assistance, public assistance. That's the second level. And if, and if conservatives come along like they normally do and eradicate that, scene, those are handouts for black folk, then you got kicked out of the second level, you go down to the third level. The third level is crime. Now, they talk about crime in, Washington, in Chicago, Washington, D.C., and around the country. The reason your crime rate is high because what? You're not at the top level. In the business ownership and employment, you go down to the second level to cut out all the social programs, the public assistance program, you go down to the bottom level is crime. Every black person must do a combination, sophistication, or elaboration of three things, either work or welfare, and steal. That's why you got the high crime in the city. It's going to stay high. It's going to stay high until somebody wakes up and smells the cough and gets some damn sense in their head. Always want to come up with some social program that's where at best we can move it back up to level two, Dr. Anderson. but we're never going to move up to, to level one again because they have a they have their own employment and have a business. And that's they'll be competing with all these other groups coming into the country, and we don't want that. Why? Why don't you want it? Because you see, if you want money and wealth and power, the Dr. Anderson talks about you must have. You can only get it. The best way of getting it is owning a business. I can redistribute wealth into the hands of black folks six to eight times faster through a business, they get tax write-offs, they get capital gains, they get all kind of benefits for owning a business. You cannot get enriched as a black person in America by working a damn job. The only way you can enrich yourself working a job is if you're good at stealing. And here we are, and keep, we buy the garbage every time because we don't understand the issues. Now, so, that, so for us, unemployment is the same as it was back during slavery. Why? When I looked at the records, I found out back in those days that in major cities like Washington, D.C., Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, New York, and Atlanta, Georgia, and Savannah, that even though you only had 207,000 black folks that were free, the, all the others, almost 6 million were enslaved. But yet, what was the unemployment rate? They had full employment as slaves. But out of the 200,000 that were free, guess what? The employment rate for them was still what it is now, almost thirty-five to forty percent, just sleeping in alleys, sleeping in attics, sleeping on the corners, begging for food, walking. That's my dear brother, Doctor uh, John, uh, Doctor uh, Claude Anderson, and um, from from one of the speeches he did back in twenty seventeen, and he was talking about um, the truth to power on what Black folks must do to better themselves, and 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 um, you can catch that on YouTube, man. Again, it's. Um, Dr. Claude Anderson, 2017, he's speaking on the truth to power and what we must, what Black people must do to better themselves. And as he went along dealing with dealing with the Black ownership, um, he talked about becoming producers. You know, uh, again, he has the Harvest Institute where. Uh, before the i think it was hurricane i think it was hurricane uh, hurricane um not sure it was Hurricane Katrina but uh it was a hurricane that happened several years ago that um uh he had a um his own fish producing plant i want to say New Orleans, and um the hurricane kind of destroyed that and he's trying to get that back up but he was he he was selling you know uh, tilapia shrimp um I, I think uh they were about to get him to salmon. I think Mackwell and several of uh, fishes uh, that he was selling throughout the world, as in and, 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 and uh, uh, other cities, from his heart, you know from from um, his his, produce, his company. And that and that's what I was saying about you have to be producers. You know, you you got you, you got you not just owning a business and and, and um, you know because I you know I, I I patronize a lot of black owned businesses. And um, and proudly so, but I've been doing this before the buy back by black movement. That makes no sense. What the hell do you mean? You you should be buying black anyway. What the hell do you mean by black? Because when I was growing up, that's all you saw around you were, were black consumers. <laughs> so so you know, to me, it, it, it was it, it was a cultural thing. It Had nothing to do with do with you know support your own. You know buy black. You know, and everybody in my neighborhood, the, the, the uh, meat market, uh, the lady who sold shoes, uh, lady who, uh, the nail salon, the, you know, get your toes, the hair salon, the beauty care store, you know, the grocery store, the convenience. They were all black only. You know, the cleaners, the laundromat, that's all I knew. I I never saw anybody in the white. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, until the late 70s, that's all I knew. You know, so so it it, 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 it so it, it kind of bothers me when I see people saying "black home buy black." I mean, nigga, you should, you know, part of my friends, but you should be buying black in the first place. And that's what you know. This thing is about an hour and um, thirty minutes long. The, the lecture he did, but but he he talks about this about about. He give an example. I make a long story short of how the Chinese, they they they, they had a um, Chinese restaurant. Okay. Now, what do they do? What, they, they sell food, of course. So he says. Now they're smart. They get somebody who sells soy sauce. So you, you they got another Chinaman. He makes the soy sauce. You know, you know, another guy makes the duck sauce. Another guy makes it makes it, the go boxes. Another guy sells the meat, the produce, and these are these are all businesses that are coming out of one restaurant. You know, and then so on and so forth. But 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 he was saying out of that one restaurant, you know, he's probably dealing with five to ten uh, 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 different mer- uh, uh, merchants that he's buying from that look like him. And that's his whole point about uh, 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 having uh, uh, ownership and and what it and what it what it does. It produces. It produces a lot, you know. Like I said, one guy one guy makes the chopsticks and so on and so forth. But with us, we get a black soul food store, whatever. We don't give a damn. We go to Cisco, we go to, you know, whatever, uh, Atlanta is, and and we we, we get it from from people who don't look nothing like us. (laughs) There's a whole world out there waiting on us to be distributors and, and, and producers of products, and we never, ever, ever think of it because it's mundane and it seems so small. But think about all the black businesses around the United States of America that, that are owning something, either a restaurant or a beauty salon, and they need product to that come, that come in, you know, every single week. They're ordering something from somebody. This is why it's so important when I, when I said about our young people being extraordinary, we don't think like they think. You can't have a conservative, man, because the stuff I'm telling you, you won't know nothing about it. When I was telling them, I asked those nurses, I said, why, I said, why in the hell we, we don't own a black hospital? They said, I never thought about that. And these women in their 30s. They said they never thought about the fact that why we never own our own black hospital. This is why Dr. Angus Wilson was talking about the education and how our education must be revolutionary and it must be different from what the world said. Because if it, like Dr. Claw said, if we're going to be here the next 50 years or so, man, we get, we got to get to work, man. Thing is serious. Thing is, things, things are serious. Things extremely serious. And we're not thinking outside the box. We're just trying to maintain. We get the money, and then we go out and buy a Range Rover. We got to buy a foreign car. We're sitting on Facebook thanking God about our own black menace, but we we wear a polo. Your wife's sitting there with a Gucci purse on, Louis Vuitton on. That business owner just turned back into a consumer. They make beautiful purses and, and, and whatnot and shoes all throughout Africa. Beautiful. And you never think about buying from your own people or trying to link up with somebody out of Africa, like Akon been trying to tell us to, to 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 bring stuff back over here and to sell it to our people. Beautiful things that, 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 that you can find in Africa that, that, that people had all over the world. My mother my mother was a domestic and my grandmother. And when I would go with them, make a long story short, I would go with them to these homes and in these white homes, they would have nothing but African artifacts all throughout the house. And I thought that was I'm like, the strangest damn thing. Statues and, and, and paintings and masks and everything. So you can't tell me that there's no demand for that over here. That, that you can you can network with somebody and, and become a distributor and 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 have some stuff shipped over here and be be able to to now network with a brother and his family in Africa and then over here and then the middleman you put him to work he 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 gets it over here black folks should, should have been had their own train system and, and whatnot their own FedEx so to speak where you're flying your own shit planes and boats. Like Marcus Garvey was trying to do, nobody picked that up yet. Because again, we're thinking on a lower frequency, and the ones who do think about it, they too afraid to do anything about it. Because they sold themselves to the devil. Truth be told, this is me. And my time is up. I want to thank you all for tuning in, and as we always say in parting, to love yourselves, and to know yourself, and to know yourselves is kind of about spending time with God. I'm gonna leave you with the, uh, the final words from my dear brother, Dr. Final, Dr. Claude Anderson. Again, peace and God bless. Try to do hand--band job. The same thing with imprisonment at that time. That, that even though you only had 200 some thousand black folk free, out across the country, I looked at the, the, uh, the uh, incarceration rate, imprisonment rate. But out of 200 some thousand black folk, black folk made up over 51 percent of all the prisoners. And here you are, 150 years later, guess what? You still make up over 51% of all the prisoners. Nothing has changed. And so you, you haven't changed your unemployment. We haven't changed the, uh, the uh, poverty rate. In terms of businesses, then, we feel less, less endowed with businesses that any group in the country. They're in this country right now. Black folk do not only control anything in a greater access and value to one-half of 1%. Now, anybody understands you're going to be economically competitive in a society, you must mentally have your share of proportionally to your population percentage. We make up 12.5% of all the population in America. That means we should be owning about 12.5% of the businesses. But we don't even have one-half of 1% of the businesses. How can you struggle in Chicago and be sufficient and competitive if you don't only control anything of value? You don't only control anything of value. And so what I'm saying is that we're not progressing in America. We've got to start learning how to play this game and play it to win. We've got to cut these poverty rates down. So what I'm going to be talking about with you this morning is how do we do it? How do we do it, especially in view of the fact that now we are a permanent underclass in a society? Going back to 1970. When I left the, President Carter's administration, where I was assistant secretary in commerce, and, was ranked. and I was also the only black in the history of this country that was the chairman for economic development for governors. And all of a sudden, they came in, and Nixon came in in 1970. He got elected. And they said, what we're going to do is shut down the black civil rights movement in this country. We're going to shut down the black power movement in this country through a public policy called benign neglect, which means you take the focus off of black folks and put it on minority women, children, and immigrants. And now they include the gays in it. And that would shut them down. They put that policy in effect in 1970. And then and then and and the, guess what? Our leadership didn't raise any cane about it. They went along with it. They also turned
0: around and said, what's going to do it for them? Throw in women.